0: Hey, yo, what's good, folks? Welcome to another Random Usings of Chaz Bass podcast. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing with this one right now. It's kind of like the new year. We are days away from the inauguration of Joe Biden. We are a few days after the terrorist attack on the Capitol. So, but really, like, I'm just wanting to use this time to kind of reflect on what do I think, um is going to happen next with the whole like with the pandemic and everything because like um when the pandemic first started like i guess it technically well okay uh, just the review like the the events that happened leading up to this like we first heard about coronavirus and um In December of 2019, um, we knew it was spreading throughout Wuhan, and we knew that they locked down because of that. But we didn't know where it was going to, like, go to. And then for me, like, I live in Seattle. So Seattle at one point in time was the epicenter of the outbreak. And I remember back then, actually, I went to two trips um, before everything started to lock down. One was back to Philadelphia to remember the life of Elizabeth Bennett. And, and then the one after that is when I went to Geek Bowl in Chicago. And at that point, I was really concerned about getting the virus then and there. Didn't know about it. And actually, honestly, I was actually a little bit more flippant about it. I was like, well, you know, I want to try to get this anyway because, you know... Um, That way I can get the antibodies, and after getting the antibodies, everything will be okay, right? But now after seeing, like, now having almost a year—well, actually having more than a year after it was first discovered, and having almost a year of seeing just how bad the complications can be, is it's—I do—I need to do more to keep myself safe. And and I have been, like, so I jokingly posted on my Facebook page that, like, I— listed different parts of my life as sagas, kind of like, well, apparently, like, I guess, Nordic cultures, specifically Icelandic cultures do this. And I should have known this from the game Banner Saga, but for me, I always heard sagas from anime, so that's where I get the framework from. And when I posted it on there, a friend noted that, like, um, There's sagas and arcs, and arcs are smaller than sagas. So, like, we're in the pandemic saga still, and that's why the podcast is named the episode is named this. But like, we went through the quarantine saga or the quarantine arc, which honestly, for me, I thought it was gonna last a lot longer than it did. Like, the quarantine arc went from like for me March to basically well, it went from March to June technically, and I mean that more in like the series of events that happened. Um, from that time period and more so like, just like, I was like, all right, don't go anywhere. Like, I remember it took me so long to walk around the house. Cause I was like, well, yeah, I want to go for morning walks though. I want to do my morning routine. I want to make sure I keep myself there. But there were times where I just didn't want to get out of bed until I absolutely had to go to work. Right. And things were changing at work, people left and we had to un- onboard new people. So it was it was mildly stressful, but also mildly relaxing. And then I got sick a few times during it where I thought it could be the Rona, but I don't know what it was, because you know you don't feel safe to go to the hospital, but it didn't get as bad to think I needed to go to the hospital. The quarantine arc was was a weird one, right? But at least I discovered fitness boxing on the switch and I need to do that more, but it's fun. When I do do it, so that that's one thing there. And then, like, if things were, like, all regular and everything, I was slated to move out of the place that I lived previously um, in June. And honestly, I didn't feel that comfortable with it because I didn't know, like, what would uh, what the virus would do. Like, in my roommate had just moved in with their significant other. Um, and they were chomping at the bit to be together. And I get that, but I was also like, There's a global pandemic. Like, what the fuck? Right? Like, and, and so, but I did end up moving, which was probably the best decision I could have made. Cause now, at least outside of just living in an apartment, at least I live one in a small apartment. It has all the amenities I need, so I don't need to go out to like a laundromat or something to, you know, do my clothes or anything. Um and I could still get things delivered. So so I feel like that was good. Um, but like like it was weird. Cause then like right around the same time as when George Floyd was killed, and that's when the protest started. And that's when my friend called this the protest arc. So I moved, I want to say, in the middle of the protest arc, like, and it was very weird to like walk because I only moved about like five blocks away from where I lived before. So it was actually um a really like seamless experience and I had a few friends help out even though I felt a little bit weird about that too but you know we did our best and I've maybe gone to our local big box store a little bit too much times um over the course of this period but in the summertime it felt like you know the virus wasn't spreading as fast because it was sunny outside a lot you could go outside and do things so it wasn't weird to be in that situation um but then like right around that time like this is the end of the primary so right as the protest um arc is like ending because we don't really see a lot of long-standing protests like we did this was the when the chop slash chas started to happen as well too um and and then things happened there where individuals got killed and the lawlessness was kind of looked at like and, and that's where like we really started hearing defund the police and, or, like, I guess if you've been in progressive circles, you've all you've always heard, well, I don't say you always heard defund the police, but that was more something that we needed to think of, but, like, you know, just, like, just because, you know, on how you live and I think about politics, so sometimes I think about politics in my regular life, too. Um, just the whole, like, just the military-industrial complex and the prison-industrial complex and how much we put all this money into things, like, I just, like... One thing, like, you don't have to pause um, the podcast here, but just, like, after it's over, take like take a thought to, like, if you've ever thought of why is something unlawful and why is something lawful, right? And then also, what is the level of punishment that happens to you when you break that law? If you've never thought about any of those things, just, like, go in the back of your mind and ask yourself— uh, how did this become a law, why is this a law, what does this serve, what does this protect, like, things like that. And you might start to question the system just a little, right? And so that that's the interesting part about, like, the protest saga. Like, it really has me thinking, like, I really need to be more active. Like, you know, activists actually go out and seek the change that they want. They actually use the mechanisms that they need to to get that change, which is why, like, I'm glad, like, Cory Bush and – Folks of that, um, activists like her, are running for office and winning for office. So it's, it, it's, it's definitely, like, changed my perspective from, like, if you look, talk to me in, like, 2012, where I was like, what's the politics, right? Like, where actually me, like, somebody who considers themselves a, a leftist, um, but more so I'm still a recovering bootlicker. I used to call myself a recovering capitalist. But then uh, I don't own capital, like I don't own a house, right? I own some stocks, but not a lot. Like right now, I don't really benefit from the owning class, so I'm not a capitalist. Like I'm just somebody who was like, capitalism was a cool way to be, y'all, right? <laughs> and and I because I didn't know any other way. Like no one had taught me any other way until I was able to start looking into leftist content. And I think one one like baseline of me that I've always felt that I wanted to put out there is just like the humanity of people and what are we doing to serve that humanity? And I'm starting to see more and more just how capitalism doesn't serve humanity, and especially on a global scale. Like in in America, we can definitely see how capitalism doesn't serve humanity, right? Like when you have houses that have nobody in it, but then you have a strict set of rules for people that you that you know are have a disease and are suffering from addiction, um, but you're like, you need to be clean, sober, and have a job before you can have a place, right? Which is kind of a catch-22 because, well, using Maslow's hierarchy of needs as a base, um, as I talk about a lot, if you listen to any past podcasts I've done, How You Live In or this one, um, it, it's you, you're putting the cart before the horse there, right? Like, people need stability in order to make those changes, and we just need to create systems that, help breed that sort of stability instead of the system that we have now, which is if you don't have a way to generate income, you get fucked, right? And that nobody wants to talk about it like that, but that's literally the society we live in. It's if you can't generate money, you get fucked. And also there is a specific point of that where if you can't generate enough money, you get fucked, right? So um, here's that whole thing. And then we entered the election arc, which – is basically what we're still in now, only because like, and, and this was both like, will Joe Biden be able to win? And me being like a hard Bernie supporter and very close to also voting for Elizabeth Warren. Um, I I was like, all right, Joe Biden, fuck you, uh, right? Like, <laughs> and I was not a fan of Joe Biden because I I I want it, I really think that like, and I do get some of my ideas from this from reading the um. Uh, oh God, the left has to fight dirty book, right? But I do feel like that book brings up a lot of effective changes that will, you know, allow for the Republic to maintain in a certain way. Although I, I have mixed feelings now about America, kind of like I posted this thing from TikTok where it has Prince Zuko talking about how like the Fire Nation is feared by people. It's not as great as everyone wants to say it is. Of course, we know from the third season of that show, the Fire Nation has a lot of propaganda that teaches people a lot of propaganda. And honestly, America is really an allegory to that, especially when you learn about, like, when people post on Facebook the random things that are in textbooks, right? And and I think, like, honestly, the school board is one of the most powerful governmental entities that we have, and people are able to go in and set the curriculum, and then the kids are learning and of course, when you grow up in a society that puts a lot of stake in authority figures, like, you should believe authority figures, right? Like, not that you shouldn't, like, and 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 I grew up with that too. Like, I don't know if there was really a time where, because I will definitely say a trait from being younger that I still hold today is that, like, I'm not anti-authority. I just maybe question authority in places where it's bold to, and people are a little confused by that. And I remember when I was younger, like, 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 teachers would say, like, you're doing this thing that you're not supposed to do. And I can't even remember specifics now, so I'm sorry. Um, but but I remember, like, I would be against it. But I also realized that maybe sometimes I didn't have a good reason to be against it. I was just like, they can't tell me what to do. Right? Like, and, and I wouldn't really get that with my parents. Like, my parents have passed away, so I do wonder who I would be and my parents were still alive, and I felt like my expectations of me were still asserted on, like, the expectations they had for me. So, but this long rambling uh, about the election arc, it's just supposed to say, like, at this point, um, I'm recording this on the on Martin Luther King Day, and and I'm really thinking about, like, what is next? Because I like, even, I guess I am getting quarantine fatigue, and I kind of hate myself for it because I... I honestly thought I was better than this. But honestly, I shouldn't say that because I have a lot of privilege to think I'm better than this, quote unquote, right? And, and I think part of that comes from the frustration of, like, it's just a frustration of everything, right? Like, we've never been in a good position for people to just stay their ass home. Right. But I also hate that people like I almost want to say dogmatically think we should go back to work like it's one still unsafe to go back to work. Right. And just to say, like, whoever dies, dies is kind of a fucked up reason to say we need to go back to work. But also at the same time, all I have to do is reiterate to Chaz earlier in this podcast to say, if you don't have a way to generate money, you get fucked. Right. And what are you supposed to do with that situation. You're literally in a rock and a hard place. And and then that phrase someone says, if you're between a rock and a hard place, you have to choose the hard place, right? But I feel like the hard place here, like, there, there's, so there's I, two hard places. There's hard place based on the the gestalt of everything that has happened. Like, you know, when we had a Congress and a Senate, that, or sorry, a Congress, which we had a House of Representatives in the Senate, that just wouldn't come to a deal mainly because people were being ideologues and just posturing like, well, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I still want to have fiscal responsibility. And I'm like, no, I mean, I get it, but this ain't the time. (laughs) (laughs) And so then like, we're not giving people the money like other countries have in order to stay their ass home. Right. So when you can't stay, when you don't have when you don't have the ability to generate money because they're like, to, to stop the spread, you need to stay your ass home. Right. People are like, well, no, we should just all go back to work because like the only way I can live is if I generate income. And, and there's a whole deeper like, you know, the underpinnings of society that indoctrinate you to believe that the way you have to be is to find fulfillment from a job. Like, getting a job needs to be who you are as a person, or at least a large aspect of who you are as a person, and I fundamentally disagree with that, but that's a function of capitalism, and um, the abolishment of capitalism could do things to alleviate that. Also, like, the, um, having more democracy in jobs could also do that, too. So... Um, but that's a whole nother thing. But that's something I also think about in this setting. Like if we were in a, a place where people were like, "Hey, um, we're all gonna vote to be able to close our doors," and if the de- and if democratically people say we're gonna open, and other people are like, "No, I'm staying my ass home," right? Or like if there's ways like y- you know, there 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 probably could have been. Like, definitely our government response needs to be way better than it was. This is definitely because it affects all of America. It should have been done federally. But, of course, um, it was constricted out to the states, which was bad, too. Um, and, and and we just, like, so, like, when people went to the, the Capitol, to be like, I can't work, so I'm going to take my guns there and protest me not being able to work. Right. Like I always had mixed feelings about it. I'm like, you have the right to protest. Right. They're doing things that affect you in your livelihood. You live in a situation where if you can't generate income, you get fucked. What else? This is a completely rational reaction to the situation. But then at the same time, it didn't have to be like this. Right. Right. You you didn't have to force people into this position. Right. Like you you. The federal government has the ability to generate cash, right? And you have the ability to give people cash, you know, continually, so they can stay home, so there can't be vectors, so it doesn't spread. But no, right? And then, like, people, and then people just get tired of it, and 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 like, and, and this is another thing. Maybe, maybe this is humans being human, right? And maybe this is still being stuck on being like, like thinking as a kid that being adult meant something that it really fucking didn't, <laughs> like. <laughs> Hey, like, so. It just kills me. Like, I get the the fatigue. Like, like right now, right. I would love to see people. And this entire time, I'm only seeing like outside of people helping me move and the random store visits. I've only hung out with two friends, and we actually did the whole nine. Like, we went to multiple places. We went to another Fred Meyer that I didn't know. Like, even a dude passed me without a mask, and I was yelling at them and everything, and. And that was, like, the unsafest I have been this entire time, other than maybe going to, um, the ho- not the hospital, but, like, a clinic to get some blood work done and, let's see, because I was, like, having stomach issues. So, um, and, and, like, outside of that, so I'm like, all right. But, like, for me, my eyes is on the prize of survival, right? So I feel like when I feel like I'm better than this, uh, quarantine fatigue right now is because I somehow feel like I'm losing my eyes on the prize of survival. But when I think that now, the reason why I'm looping back all the way there to tell you this whole thing in order to give you the baseline of how I'm feeling right now is what the fuck does after this look like? Like, I mean, (laughs) like that's where I'm stuck on. Because like in the before times, I had a pretty, you know, a pretty structured life, like I'll go to work, right? You know, as a nine to five. I would host trivia after work a couple of days a week. Then I'll find social things to do the other times and find one day of personal things for me to do on Sundays. And that was pretty, like, a pretty good way for me to, like, maintain my relationships to, um, to, to have people when I want people to have alone time when I want alone time and everything like that. And now where I'm I'm like, oh, what? What? Like, I I know like one thing like is anything gonna go back to? I don't even want to say normal because I feel like the status quo before like it, we were used to it, right? But I feel like now we have taken a good time to examine what all that did and and where it's ineffective. So I don't think we should go back to that. But I'm also like, what's gonna like? I mean. I like so maybe to like take my disappointment in this a little bit. Um, I remember like before the pandemic was like dead ass. Um, I was heading to trivia and I saw a friend where we were planning to go to a Leslie Odom Jr. concert. I think it was in April. It was supposed to be, and I was really excited for the whole thing, right? Like to go to a concert to see Leslie Odom Jr. to hang out with my friend, like all of it, right? And. And then it was like, it's going to get postponed until October. And I'm like, all right, maybe we'll get our shit together in October. I was even saving on money. Be like, yo, we out of quarantine. Let's party. What's good? Like, I was like that. And then August came. And then it was like, I don't know about that. Right? And then October came. It it's like, we're refunding your money for this concert. I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and- Right, and I know it's got to be worse for people who actually, like, were planning on trips and going places. It did, like, but then but then people, like, it, it did, like, was really... The whole point of me, like, rambling about this is when I pe- hear people who are like, I'm fed up. I did it anyway. Like, oh, like, and I'm like, I get it, but also at the same time, like, keep your eyes on the goddamn prize. like... <laughs> and I was always so frustrated by it. <laughs> but, like, so... I'm just thinking, like, you know, w- like, working from home is going to be a crazy thing because, like, I know there's some people who want to go into an office. And right now I have, like, mixed feelings about an office. Like, like there, there are some things I really miss about going to an office, like, that being the place where you need to work. Like, even having an office at home, it's still kind of like, well, you are only steps away from being able to hang out. So, like, unless you're extremely disciplined, right, like, you know, there can still be distractions around you. And, like, being able to talk to people, being able to have lunch, being able to collaborate in person, right? All those things I do miss. But also at the same time, I do like the flexibility of working from home. It doesn't mean I work odd hours now sometimes. Like, sometimes I'll work, like, a few hours here, and then late at night I'll feel this urge to work on something that I need to and start doing that too. So I don't, I like, I I both hate that, but also enjoy it. it. It's a very weird state to be in. Um, And I don't know where going back to work in an office would hit with that. Like, am I going to bring my laptop home? So if it, like, sparks at 1130 at night, I'm like, oh, yeah, let me type some stuff up. Like, is that going to happen? I don't know. Right? And, And that's where, like, this is where, like, this podcast, both a reflection of 2020 for me, but also at the same time trying to figure out, like, what does the next thing look like? Like, what is, what is the next thing, really? Where, where do we come out of this? Because I know I still want to travel. I know I still want to go to other places I've never experienced before. Um, and I, I wonder how soon that's gonna be, right? And like and, and not everybody's gonna get out of this alive. Like we've already had um, over three hundred thousand people die of coronavirus, and we've had two million people in in this country come down with the disease. And and we don't know how much long term impact that's gonna have on them, like of, across a lot of things, right? Like we don't know how much impact that's gonna have on their health. We don't have uh, have any impact if they decide to have kids, right? Like, like we don't know. Like a novel coronavirus, right? That is this widespread and this affecting on society. Like like what is what is gonna happen and. I forget what podcast I was listening to. I imagine it was either The Daily or Today Explained, and they were talking about how, like, we go through these different phases and kind of how we've had this, like, 40 or 50 years of, like, this extreme capitalism phase, and they felt like after this phase we'd enter into a new humanitarian phase. And I do see a lot more of that because, like, when I'm on the the one dating site that I'm on, I see a lot more people saying, like, I'm anti-capitalist, I'm a leftist, like... Like and, and actually thinking about new economic systems and the way they're arranged. But I just, like, it, it's weird. So I don't know where we're going to go after this, but I do think that my idea of what I want now has changed drastically than what it was when I was a teenager. And I remember, like, being a teenager, um, and I was a teenager, well, let me see. Because I turned 10 in 1995, Um, and so, like, from 1995 to 2005 were basically, like, when I grew up. And that's a weird time because that's the late 90s to early aughts. And the late 90s still had, like, the, uh, prosperity that happened from Clinton Right, and, and then we started to, like, you know, get out of whack with Bush and everything. But I wasn't at the age where I understood politics, how it works, how, like, I know there was schoolhouse rock and, like, I'm just a bill, right? But I didn't understand, like, how bills were written, how would I want bills to be written, what, what level of the state should have power over me. Like, no, no, eco, not, not economics, no ethics course, no civics is the word I'm looking for. No civics course taught me any of that. Right. I had to learn that shit on my own. Like to learn the baseline of how our government works from crash course. Right. <laughs> and then um and then from there I actually start to articulate um what I actually thought about politics. Cause like honestly, when I was on OK Cupid when I was in my early twenties, and I basically got chewed out by a woman because like it was like, what do you stand for? What do you believe in? What values do you have? And I was like, Oh no, do- <laughs> right. <laughs> So like that that really struck me and I was just like you need to get yourself some fucking values my G right and I was like okay and, and then I started looking at things and and then like we're ending up where I am now which is like I'm way more of a leftist I just need to start doing more practicing of praxis. Right. And I need to start reading more theory and I start need to start thinking about ways I can actually like bring this to the surface, defend it, have good ways to like bring people over to my side without being an asshole about it, without being mean about it, without like because I do think like a more humanitarian focus, like economic system and systems abound needs to happen. Right. And, And I even fundamentally like from a philosophical standpoint, don't actually like using the word need. Right, And to explain that, because that's going to sound weird to a lot of people, they're like, how the fuck do you not say need? Like, needs exist, right? And I'm like, and it's more of a fundamental thing of, like, to get to the baseline of, like, all this thing, like, this this small blue dot that's in the middle of a space swirling around this big-ass ball of hydrogen, and we're all on here, like, what? Like, all, all that shit. Um, is to say that, like, all of this can end at any time from some existential threat that we have no control over, Right, so like our existence is not mandatory. And because our existence is not mandatory, like that makes these kind of moot, right? So that's why I usually call them requirements. And, and I think, right, so it, and it also allows me to frame it in a better way, like what is required for someone to thrive, right? What is required for someone to have safety? What is required for someone to have security, right? And then, and then we can start asking the you no know, question. Well, if this is required for safety, security, and all that, how come society hasn't provided these things for these people, right? And then, when you ask that question, and then you can start getting into like the nitty gritty of how people think, like what best practices that they put in, like what, what through lines, what um. What underlining principles, what first principles led to all that? And then you can start to formulate, like, well, if these things are required, right, then shouldn't we give them the things that they require in order to survive? And if we want the betterment of humanity and to do a better job of maybe defending against existential threats, like, you know, a meteorite strike, right, Um, that maybe we should gear our society more towards, like, helping us get the requirements and not making getting those requirements a competition. Right. And also not thinking that like in order to constantly build things that like we think we can do this whole super consumerism thing over time on a finite resource planet. Like, like really, like really, we really think we can do that. Right. So that that's, that's my whole point where like, as a, like, in, like as an intellectual framework, as a philosophical framework, I don't want you to look at needs as needs anymore. I want you to look at requirements or wants right? And because our existence is not mandatory. And uh, um, so in that way, I feel like you can actually go into the nitty gritty of the changes that want to happen. So, so where am I going with all that? I honestly don't know. Um, I'm really just trying to reflect on the way the world is right now and what that means and how that affects certain things because I, I really don't know where we go next from here. Right, like I'm on dating sites, and it's still weird to like you know you're not gonna really be able to meet people in person. Um, but you know you can talk to them over Zoom, and it's not really the same thing. Like we know tons of people are touch starved, right? Tons of people are not dealing, like not able to deal with their depression and and all of this. Like this this pandemic is fucked up, right? And and like I don't know, I don't know. I I'm really just sitting here. Like I thought I was gonna be able to speculate. But I thought like the aftermath of this was gonna be, which now I'm thinking like, was the aftermath of this gonna be in like uh, 2025? Right, Like, four years ahead, like, like you know, 2025, around this time, like, who's going to be president, right? Like, what and ass shit is going to happen? Like, are we going to have more insurrectionists doing terrorist attack around the country because they still feel like the election was stolen? Right? How is that going to, uh, like, but how are you going to do centralized attack when everybody's already decentralized because they're mostly socially distancing? Right? And, and, like, I don't know. Like, it's so weird. Anyway. So, so yeah. I mean, I mean, this is more of like a rant, I guess. Like, it, and sometimes I do want to rant on this show and, and let y'all know how I'm feeling. But like, that's where I'm at right now in this whole thing, and 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 I'm really wondering like where things can go next and how things should go next and what kind of world do I want to build for myself and the people around me? Like, like what efforts for community can we do more for? Like. Like, right now, like, we're so individualized. Like, as um, uh, my co-host talks about on How You Live In, like, how much do we know our neighbors? And, like, I know we're on, like, Next Door, but, like, every time I read Next Door, like, like okay, I don't know. I guess I'm going on another rant because I swear every time I read Next Door, I'm just like, oh, oh okay. Like, it, it's always, well, it always comes with people who are addicted to drugs. And for me... Even though in my old place, my place was broken into and they stole my PS4. And my roommate at the time lost um, a special project he did at like a, not a jam session. I forget what it's called exactly. Like a code, uh, oh gosh, (laughs) I can't remember exactly what it's called. But they stole some of that stuff too. And honestly, I wasn't mad at the ball. I was nervous this first to see if the dude was casing the place for a larger grab later. Right, and, and it appeared that he didn't do that like it just feel like he was a lone person um our the person who lived across from us um, they had a camera and they showed us like also sneaking in place late at night so he kind of cased it that way but but then like it's still like not super secure right and I want to say like that's another reason why I left because I was supposed to leave when I left anyway. And it just so happened that I got the place that I'm in now, which I didn't know if I was going to, but, you know, kudos to Chaz for being to do something today that tomorrow you will thank you for when it comes to his credit score. So, anyway, I aggress. Um, but I was like, yeah, but we currently put people in the situation of if you can't generate income, you get fucked, right? And kind of, like, using the model of, like, Robert Kiyosaki's, like, The Four Ways to Generate Income Uh, where it becomes like employee, self-employed, business owner, or investments, and things like that. And then there's a fifth one in there that you're not going to mention because it's not good in polite society, and that's stealing. But... (laughs) And and so, like, when people steal because they have no other way to generate income because the society has put rules in place to make it hard to generate income, what the fuck do you expect? The fuck do you expect? like and that's why like I really like the book, just give people money. And that's really that's really what it is. Like if you don't have a way to generate income, but of course we have a stigma uh, uh, a stigmatism. We have a stigma against people who don't work to generate income, right? And and but but here here actually here's the thing, right? Well, that just goes into the, like, the model that I explained before. If you're a business owner, like, you and me actually put in some work to generate that income. If you have an investment, you ain't putting any goddamn work to get income, right? You just had capital, and you were like, I'm going to take my liquid capital, and I'm going to put it into this, uh, like, this, you know, gambling thing, this gambling, but not called gambling, right? And then, you know, if the market decides that I made a good investment because they're successful, or they have the presentation, or... or with being successful? Oh, the money, right? And then, like, like that's not working, right? Um, by that, I mean that's not like you know putting in any sort of um, physical or mental effort into exchanging time for money. It is and that's what um, that's what business that's what business owners are in charge of, and that's what employees and self-employed people do, right? So if you're like if you're not in that quadrant square of things. Our society is like, you deserve to get fucked, right? Like, don't don't mince words. You know, you may not like that presentation of it. You may not be saying the quiet part out loud, but that's what our society thinks. You know what it does, right? Like, and so so when I think about that and when it's all like, well, I wanted to be, like, whenever I listen to conservatives talks about, like, you know, um, not welfare, but like a safety net, right? And sometimes I feel like that safety net is just like give people money. Right, don't give them fake money, right? Like not food stamps, which we don't really have anymore. We 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 do have we do technically give people money for that, but that money can only be used in certain places. So it feels like quasi monopoly bucks, like because you can't like go to Kmart and buy a dress with your um with your uh, snap money when you can buy food, which is what it's meant to do. So like it, there's that. But but honestly, like in And when Andrew Yang talked about universal basic income, like, I was vibing with the bull about that because, you know, just give people money. Like, right now, we live in a system where in order to get everything you need, like, everything is a commodity, right? And because everything is a commodity and because, like, unless you're going to regulate this, like, some of the commodities to be decommodified, which I think should happen, but I think there needs to be a larger push for that and people need to understand what that means and what that looks like. Until you do that, like if people don't have enough money to pay their rent and they don't have enough money to keep their lights on, to like, you know, make sure their their plumbing works and everything like that, like give them the fucking money to do it. Like that's it. Like, like we have billionaires. Like billionaires. Like even though I know that billionaires' cash isn't all liquid, right? Um, we can still tax their wealth, like Elizabeth Warren wanted to do, so we can give people money. Like the dis- the the redistribution of funds. Should happen, right? And if you don't think it should happen because you are really upset about people not trading time to generate their income, like why? Like what led you to that conclusion? Like who taught you that you had to trade your time for income all the time, right? Like like that was the way you had to be. Like that's that you as a human being needs to trade your time for money all the goddamn time. Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry, who taught you that? Why? I'm sorry, like, it's just like, it feels like... Humanity can do all this shit, like all sorts of things. Like, you know, we can see in the space. We've sent things into space. We've learned how the world works in marvelous ways, like how our DNA works, like why nature the way it is, right? Like all sorts of things. And now all of that was because we went to some place, nine to five or even longer, to put in some actions, to generate income so someone else can profit off of it. Like, who told you that was okay? (laughs) Like, (laughs) so... I don't know, I don't know, I, I'm just ranting, and and, and that's where, like, because that's, that's where I'm real fucked up about what's going to happen next, and where are we going to go from here, because honestly, I really want to see a different world after this, right, like, I want, I want globalism to work for the people, not the people to work for globalism, is basically what I'm saying, um, and right now, the people work for globalism, but, like, all the time, like, okay, before I leave you, I want to leave you with this conversation that I had. Back in the thinking, I want to say 2013, maybe 2014. And so I used to live in Belltown, which is a part of uh, Seattle. And that, that isn't like a ritzy. It's, like, it's close to downtown. People who are uninitiated would even call it downtown. Um, And... And I remember I sat in on a thing where they were like, and so, as a business, we are wondering, how was it like for you living in a micro studio? And I was like, mm, it's fine, right? And, and I made it work. Like, I actually loved that apartment because I loved the amenities. I loved the people that I met there. Like, I didn't have a traditional college experience. So I felt like, like when it came to the parties and the socializing, I had a little bit of that there. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Mm. But... Also at the same time, I'm like like I'm like this is so I guess what just, where this is getting me is where I think the decommodification of things like housing should happen. And I'm I'm not I don't know how what the decommodification of all housing looks like, but I need to start reading more theory and when I start reading more theory, maybe I'll have a better idea of what this is supposed to mean. But for this one, I remember basically from a business standpoint, and this is one of the reasons why I called myself a, um, what is it, a recovering capitalist, or as I like to refer to it now, a recovering bootlicker, because I understood like the function of capitalism in that space. It's like well. If you like living in a smaller space, we can create, you know, buildings of this size or even even larger and to maximize our profit potential will minimize the amount of space that someone can actually live in. So, like, what level of space of someone living in is actually? A human? I don't know. I don't know. As the people in China living in literal fucking cages. I don't fucking know. Right? So, like <laughs> So like like now that I look back at that and look at that conversation, I'm like, do you want us to, to live in cages too? Like, is that how you want to be? Just so you can maximize your goddamn profits? Like, no. I ain't about that life. So, so like, that's that's where, like, that frustrates me. And where, like, you know, the recovering bootlicker in me would have been like, yeah, look at y'all trying to maximize your profits by minimizing the space. That's been maxing to the max, right? And and now I'm just like, oh, this is so... So, yeah, I don't know where we're gonna go. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. Okay, I shouldn't say I hope, right? Because I I feel as though, like, when someone says I hope, right, they're not using their own personal agency to actually fucking do something about it, right? So, I I actually wanna say, like, I need to figure out where is best for me to put my level of agency when it comes to political change, right? Um, I think I don't know if I released this episode or not. And I remember ranting to myself that I need to start um, joining the Seattle's People's Party because they are about that life, right? And I've joined um, Represent Us, but I need to be a more active member of it to get parts of our democracy in check, this, so actually the voice of the people is actually heard in a fundamental way, right? And things like that, and continue breaking down the bigger problems into smaller problems and putting them into actionable steps that incrementally. Oh, I don't like the incrementally part. Actually, uh, no, wait, hold up. Incrementally? What the fuck am I talking about? No. Anyway, um, but I guess right now, incrementally, but if someone can tell me how we can put radical things into place without the whole thing coming down I'm here for it. Cause I think there's more radical change that we need, right? So I guess I went neoliberal, but like, incrementally, we can change that? And I'm like, no, we don't have to. So, uh, Anyway. I guess, I, I'm glad you listened to me, like, I don't know, suffering through my my inner monologue, through my inner suffering of stuff. Like, I'm glad you got this far. Like, I'm so glad you got this far, anyway. Thank you for listening to the Random Musings of Chaz Hopefully I've uh, told you some things you can think about. If you disagree with me, I don't know, yell at me on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash random of Chaz Um, where I want to start to like talk more about like how I'm feeling about things, like where I wanna see the world to do, like what am I doing for praxis and everything like that. Um, and then if you wanna like watch me be silly playing video games because like we still exist in that time space, you can go to facebook.com slash chass gaming. If you want to listen to me wax poetic about politics uh, with my good friend Mikkel on How You Living, go to HowYouLiving.com or find us on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, Other than that, I am uh, at Chaz underscore Baz, one Z in the Chaz, two Zs in the Baz on the social medias you probably care about, which might be um, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok is my shit, y'all. Although um, no, I haven't really produced content for it, I just, I just, I just like the vibe, um, and yeah. So thank you for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy. I'll catch you on the flip side of tomorrow. Until next time, peace.